Awesome date. January 4th, 2010. Awesome topic. It's like Star Trek in space. Wait. This is the Awesome Cast. <laughs> Greetings and salutations from the year 2010. Happy New Year! We're in the past. Yes. Speaking to the future. Like, we're technically talking from even before Christmas. Ooh. Although it's the day after the solstice for us, and that's kind of like me the day after Christmas. Yes. Nice. You and your crazy, unchristian holidays. Well, it's just convenient, and it's it's a, it's the beginning of winter. It should be noted. Memo to futurely, do that thing I've been wanting to do that involves video games and playing them. That's pretty much it. Possibly even finishing the subject of the awesome cast this evening. Possibly. <laughs> but see, and then it'll be in the future. I mean, it's now in the future, so maybe I already have finished it. We can only hope, because we're probably going to spoil it. Either way, by now, you'll already know the ending. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, welcome once back to the awesome cast. I'm Basil. I'm Kevin. I'm Lee. And that is us for this prestigious episode, this episode of episodes in which we talk about things in the past for the future like every other episode. Yes. So, of course, let's ring in the new year some basics. You can always email us at awesomecast.com Do it. Actually, no, you visit the website at awesomecast.com Do it. You can check out the indexes of Awesome Past, the Awesome Galleries when we occasionally post pictures for conventions we go to, even though we haven't done that in like a year. Even though we have pictures. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we have pictures. I, I need to get off my butt and do and then process those. Like that I probably vaguely promised half a dozen people, well, probably a couple dozen, several dozen people at AWA that their pictures might show up on our website. Maybe that's Hopefully true. Hopefully some of them are actually listening Possibly. and have forgiven me from this statement that I have actually no way of controlling. Well, if they want to yell at us about it. They could either post in the comments section or send us an email. Well, at least you didn't hold a charity where you said the winner would get it in their own comic and then wait a year to actually do it. <laughs> at awesomecast at gmail.com. Or, if you get really mad and just want to yell at us, you can use the awesome line. So you can actually use your voice and yell at us. Yeah, 209-AWESOME-LINE. Or it's 209-676-5463. I'm going to call that right now. Okay, that would that'd be stupid. It'd be funny. Don't, don't be, no, it would not be funny. It'd be stupid. It, it would be funny. Don't be stupid. Okay, so stupid after 
<laughs> After that's different. Yeah. Okay. It's not during the podcast. Then when he's talking to us while we're talking to us, and that's it's meta. It's totally meta. No, that that's that's metally stupid. <laughs> it's, it's dumb. It's it's not cool. Okay. I heard you like your podcast, dog. So I thought you could be podcasting while you're podcasting. <laughs> okay, we're going to train on the world of awesome. We're just, world of awesome, go. So, speaking of 2010, at near the very end of 2009, a bunch of people's, like, Bandai's mobile website suddenly um, hosted a graphic that read as follows, Nude Code Geass. New Code Geass, not Nude Code Geass. Ooh, CC. Project C2. Launch Green Lit. Wait for more info in Callen. 2010. Callan. The image added... Nelly. That no! Project, <laughs> you nerds. Represents a rebirth and that Aegeus would, would take a new step starting today. The message is signed with the name Zero. Wow. You know, it could just be an anime adaptation of the Nightmare of Nunnally manga, and that's totally not new. And they might do that and say it's totally new. But, yeah. I'm speculating. Well, I have no actual knowledge. I'm, that would be an alternate, like, setting that wouldn't be the original yeah, Code Geass setting. So, I wonder who, because Lelouch, is he going to come back? Well, I mean, with Lelouch, was like, he's you know. supposed to be. He could be dead. He could not be dead. He's Schrodinger's Lelouch. Like, it's, yes. <laughs> Schrodinger Lelouch. He's Schrodinger's Lelouch. Well, you know, it's Zero's kind of the Schrodinger hero. Until we see under the mask, it could be anyone under there. Even me. And depending on just how much money Bandai wants to make, he may show up or may not. If they really want money, he will. If they only sort of want money, they'll just use a brand new character. Mm-hmm. If they don't care, it'll be Suzaku. <laughs> now, this is supposed to be a um, new, like, super release. It's going to have, like, a comic series, music, visual works... And some other stuff. Blow up dolls. Yeah. I body know. pillows. Khaled. Scantily clad figurines with removable underwear. Well, we're getting the usual. Into, we're getting into too creepy territory here. This the is usual. standard for Bandai anime. What are you talking about? Now, as far as the comic goes, um, there is one that's been called Code Geass. Um, it's sort of loosely translated either as Jet Black Reina or Code Geass. Reina of the Blackness, which sounds way more like a Code Geass name. Dark of um, the Blackness. That's different animation entirely. Anyways, the director and story co-creator, um, Goro Teneguchi, is going to be creating the story concepts mm-hmm. and scripting the story of this new manga. So, it's, And it's the first one that he is actually scripted himself. Mm. So, it takes place in the same... Um, Code Geass continuity as the anime. And this could be um, the actual... They might do an anime adaptation of the same thing. Mm. Is what this might be. And it apparently does include um, a perpetual young witch named Reifu CC or C2. Nanu. And apparently (laughs) it's... um, And we'll see. Apparently it might be taking place in more of the Edo period. There is a mechanical left arm. Throwing, uh, throwing stars. Yeah. Any mention of Giant Mecha yet? 
Um, you know, no. As little as Mecha show up in Code Geass, I'll feel bad if there's no Mecha at all. But so it looks like it's the same continuity, just different time period. Mm. So, who knows? Maybe Lush went back in time. Man. Just like we're going forward in time. If we're going to mm-hmm. do a time traveling Code Geass, I demand American Revolution Code Geass so I can see C2 partying with George Washington and Ben Franklin. Like she swears she did. <laughs> we totally got drunk. They did. It was awesome. We had some pizza. George Speaking Washington of, had a geas where he, that let him write the most depressing letters ever. <laughs> it's true. Mm. He couldn't help himself when he just started writing more and more depressing. Yes. If you don't believe me, check out his letters. It's history. It's true. Anyways, you were saying? Well, speaking of guys who probably get drunk on a regular basis and make things, um, they're working on, much like the AVA 1.01, is they're now about to release their 1.11 final retouch of the first AVA movie. AVA 2.0, the DVD is going to be having um, touch-ups and retakes as well. It's coming out in the spring in Japan. Now, Keanu, when did you become George Lucas? <laughs> Constantly redoing what you've done. And aren't we eventually getting a better version of You Are Not Alone? Yes, the that'll be the one point one one. Yes, release. Oh wait, like, so they're doing an even better version. See, yeah, I got confused yes. too. I bought the. I thought one point was the not was the original. It was. Then they released a one point zero one. Yeah, I thought one point. Zero zero was the initial DVD release, and one point zero one was a better one. But no, no, no. The, there's there's a one point one one coming out. So I have a completely so so they're making it even better for two point Yes. Well, two point is the sequel. Two point is the second one. Oh, it's the second film, and it's also receiving touch ups just like the first one did. Oh, okay. But they're all now releasing. We're well, currently we have the one point zero one out on DVD mm-hmm. that you can buy. Mm-hmm. But in the future, they have now have a 1.11 that will be released. Why would well, they need to release it again? Because they want money. But what are they doing to it? They're just touching it up? Uh, adding new scenes, tweaking scenes, maybe some dialogue changes. Do I? Does that mean... See, I held off... I'm a huge Ava fan, and I still held off on buying buying the first one just because they were going to come out with a better one that was good quality. Wait, I'm going to wait... So they give you one on Blu-ray. I'll buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, Until I got they give the me one. one on Blu-ray, I'm not buying I it. I got the 1.01. I thought I was getting the good version. I apparently got the okay version. But maybe I'll get it on Blu-ray. Well, yeah. Speaking of crazy new forms of distribution of content, Crunchyroll has added the new Cobra series to their, sh- to their um, website. The Psycho Gun? Cobra the Psycho Gun. Which... Is the latest adventures of Cobra? No, Space Adventure Cobra. No. Oh, not GI Joe's Cobra. You know better. I do know better. You've played the the. I've played the Sega CD game. That's right. hardcore. <laughs> but you, we all know about Cobra. We had to talk about Cobra at some point. We do. We like yeah, that'd be. A... I've got well. No, I think I only have it on VHS. But I totally have the movie version of the original movie. We can also like, well, maybe watch the Psycho Gun on Crunchyroll. Ooh, I guess we could. <laughs> Ignore that I have all the fan subs. Anyways, moving on. So it's there, and you should watch it. We might talk about it at some point. Of course, some things you won't be watching anytime soon. 
and that's things like Lost Planet 2, Super Street Fighter 4, and Dead Rising 2, as well as the North American release of Monster Hunter Tri, because they've all been delayed. Oh, delayed. At least not canceled. It's been delayed into a 12-month period starting January 1st, 2010. So, delayed until for a year? Well, what they're going to do is they're going to... We don't know what order the four titles will be released in, right? Mm-hmm. But they're going to stagger them one for each quarter. Mm. So each game will have its own quarter for that game. So over the course of a year, one of them will be delayed a year. The other one well, won't be delayed, like, you know, come out at the beginning of the year still. Another one a few months later, another one a few months later, another few months later. As far as Super Street Fighter 4 goes, maybe I'll skip, maybe I'll buy every other installment of the remake of 4. I wonder how many they'll do. Who knows? It probably depends on how well this one does. Yeah. So I don't know if people buy it, it'll be the only one. Man. If people buy it, it'll probably be more. I'll feel like an idiot if I have four versions of the same game, though. Even though each version has a little bit more content. Which is funny, because probably the first game to come out of this bunch is going to be Super Street Fighter 4. Hmm. As the rumor is, the release date of it of the, of the beginning of April was going to be its release date. So, hmm. if this is going to be the start of the the release period for these games, it would April be the first. Mm-hmm. And they're saying the rumors are that Street Fighter Four, Super Street, Super Street Fighter Four, is the going to be released on the first of April. This might indicate such. Those commies. And in zipper news, Tetsuya Wait. Norma. Has um says he's working on something new, or maybe not, or maybe new. Quit unzipping yourself, Lee, and re-zipping yourself. That's. I was doing nothing of the sort. Oh, Tetsuya Nomura, sometimes you're awesome. Sometimes you're not. Ignore that he's already working on Birth by Sleep, the new Kingdom Hearts game for the PSP, and Final Fantasy versus, you know, thirteen. And technically, Agito 13. He is working on two unannounced titles as well. Whoa. He says they are working on to bring out the quality so that the difference between real time and pre renders and the upcoming Final Fantasy Versus 13 is seamless. Agito is going well, and there's still an unannounced title that I'm working on sooner than thought. For he God's says, sake, please be the world ends with you too. Yes. Well, voice <laughs> recording for this title has begun. It is not a brand new title, he says, but w- there is one more unannounced title. Mm. So uh, it's going to be another Final Fantasy VII game. Son of a bitch! What is Versus <laughs> on, a platform going to be on? PS3. Oh, so it's going to be the same as uh, Thirteen itself. Well, remember Thirteen is also coming on 360. Ah, so like, that's going to be their exclusive. So yeah, well, now it is exclusive to PS3. Mm. Who knows? I mean, and will it be worth buying. Also, who the hell knows? <laughs> I don't know. But it's a different. It's not a remake. It's a whole different story in the same universe, isn't it? I think it's also an action title. I believe it's an action title. It much like the new Code Geass project is in the same history, that different time era. Interesting. Which stars a man very, very bored with his life, or at least that's what the trailers seem to. Like to. every other square hero. Look, this is the guy in their opening trailer. He's just like, ah, guys with guns. 
I guess I better stand up and look pretty. At least. And te- succulate telekinesis some swords around me. Yeah, whatever. Just like the last battle in Final Fantasy twelve. I guess. Well, at least the Final Fantasy thirteen <sighs> has a female lead. I'm looking forward to that. Don't talk to me about life. He's not Marvin. Marvin's way cooler. <laughs> well, yes, Marvin is way cooler. Man, what happened to the Chrono Trigger Days of Square? They turned into the Chrono Cross Days of Square, and we turned our backs on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm going to go count on this one. Meh. Although I love the music in Chrono Cross. So that it opening has one song little, is awesome. It has one plus to it. Like, that. Oh, the Chrono Cross, like, its soundtrack is, like, the best thing they ever did as far as... Games Chrono Cross ever did anything for us. This, I mean, I hate the game, but the soundtrack stays on my Zune. It, it's a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I guess now we shall move on into a moment of awesome. It's a moment of awesome. I don't actually have. So I guess there. you've been trying to prove my claims. That you're not girly enough to task, Kevin. Because you're playing the girliest game that ever girlied. What? <laughs> Princess Debut, you mean? You want me to talk about Princess Debut? I think you want to talk about Princess Debut. Um, if you feel I must. Okay, this was a... Uh, Princess Debut It's not really a new game. It was new to me. I had apparently been out for a couple... For at least a year, and no one... I hadn't heard about it. It's very understandable. It's from uh, Natsume. Yes. They do the Harvest Moon games. Yeah. So I just saw this game with this big googly-eyed, eyes the size of dinner plates, little anime girl on the front, just come into my store, and I'm like, i got to give that a try. I don't know what the hell it's about. I'm buying it. I'm buying all the ones that came in, because Christmas is coming. And I did. And I played it. And it's basically Phoenix Wright with ballroom dancing instead of lawyering. You play a a girl who you can name whatever you damn well please who gets sucked into a parallel universe where her parallel universe self is apparently a princess and she must find a dance partner for the big harvest ball that's 30 days hence and you also have to learn how to dance. Uh, the dancing is all done via a, a touchscreen interface where you basically follow a path on the touchscreen. You follow a moving dot in time with the dot. But the motions generally mimic the motion of the dancing on the screen, and that's kind of fun. Is it like Elite Beat Agents at all? A little. I mean, you're not like tapping dots on the screen, but like you're following a point. That mm. sort of action is kind of similar. And the rest of it is your basic visual novel interface, your typical dating game, except it's a girl wooing guys instead of the other way around. And there's several guys, some of whom are nice, some of whom are jerks, some of whom are clowns. And you, I don't know, being a straight heterosexual male comfortable in my heterosexuality, I still managed to find a guy I thought was kind of nice and another guy who I thought was a total ass within an hour of playing the game. Hmm. So it was, you know. It's very girly. It is damn girly. And it was totally became a Christmas present to two of my female friends. <laughs> One of which is enjoying it immensely. Yes, so I feel vindicated somewhat. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He's referring to Suze. Yes. Who was, you know, awesome on the podcast, so... 
Sometimes. You can yeah. totally name drop. Oh, yeah. Suze. Suze. There we go. I dropped Suze. You should be there, dropping Suze. Been, has been dropped. Yes. Don't drop Suze. Well, like well, not on her head or That's anything. why you're here to catch her. Yes. Ah. <laughs> As for me, have I talked about Silent Hill Shattered Memories on this program? No, I do not think no, that you but have. I, that's probably what I would have had Basil not brought up for this debut. I mean, they're the same game, really. <laughs> yeah, really, they are. Yeah, no. one you're dancing, and the other you're running away from monsters that want to rip you limb from limb. You it, know, look, I, I've seen, I've tried ballroom dancing. They're very, very similar. <laughs> but uh, Shattered Memories is a wonderful little title. It's removed the combat from Silent Hill, and instead you run like hell and use the Wii. To, you know, if somebody latches on to you to, like, swing to your left to knock them off, swing to your right to knock them off, and actually get your adrenaline pumping, and it's really, it's kind of crazy. It's got, you know, for those of you us who like to shoot murderous little demon children, you know, you're out of luck there, but it seems to have some great story. And the game actually psychologically profiles you, which, well, not, not to the extent that, they make it sound, but you answer questions and it takes your actions into account to change the story in some pretty freaky ways. So it's quite a it's quite a nice little title. I haven't fi- finished it yet, but I will very shortly. Yes, if you ogle too many boobies, you may be a sexual deviant. Yeah, in fact, they can if you depending on how you play, you can get some of the char- the female characters to look pretty stripperific, if you will, or they can look not because it profiles you. Something. Apparently, the monsters' appearances will change somewhat as well. I've, I've played it through once. I have not played it through. I've not started playing a second game. In fact, I had to delete my save file because the game is really weird. If you buy it, don't fill up the digital camera on your cell phone. It's a glitch. It, you can take ten pictures tops. Do not save pictures unless you really feel you must. Do not save ten. <laughs> you what may is, glitch your save file. So it pretty much corrupted yours, and you couldn't play it anymore. Well, my name went away and I became save file. I apparently, at least mercifully, did not have my game get corrupted. And then I would, like got mad and went, I don't want to be save file, and <laughs> deleted that. Well, that then that's some, something to take in mind, because I've heard other people talk about this glitch. You know, you use the camera to take pictures of ghosts and, and shit like that, but you never have to save pictures if you want to for story purposes. So just either save... But very few, or just don't save any at all. You can always take more pictures later. Yes. You can always play the game multiple times. There are multiple endings. Mm-hmm. You could color your house different ways and see your house in all different sort of vivid colors. Yeah, that was kind of freaky. It You know, it switches to segments of a psychologist, and he's like, Hey, what would your house look like? And you color it, and then it shows up like that, and it's freaky. Look at these people. Which ones do you think are sleeping? Which one do you think, think are, are dead? He's like, I was kidding, of course. They're all, They're sleeping. all sleeping. <laughs> he kind of berates you, too. He's a jerk, and he's creepy. He's got but, an awesome uh, voice, though. Yeah. Isn't he like the same doctor from the actual first Silent Hill? It's, I think, strongly implied. I'm not quite sure, but... So isn't his name Kaufman in the first one? He's Dr. K. and yeah, it's, Oh, He's I as see. much the one in the first game as anyone else in the game is their... Com- their character component. from the first game. Yes. They're all... I, yeah, They've well, changed. They're all a little different. So, we may have to do a podcast on that eventually. If Basil plays it. Oh, no, no. We can talk about it once 
Or Lee and Susan being it. I yeah. can make you sit through a play of it. Yeah, watch me scream like a little girl. I don't think so. That'd be fun. It's only about, I don't know, it's depending on how you play. I think it's only about six to seven hours long. If you really poke along, you might stretch it out to 12. But seriously, we'll get you in here, turn off all the lights, and have a nice time of... Ooh, that sounds I played it in a brightly lit room the whole time. Although I had weird dreams every night there that I played it. <laughs> awesome. I've been doing something completely different. Well, I've been playing video games. But the game that I beat is our subject of what we're talking about tonight. So instead, I'll talk about the anime I just finished up watching, <clears throat> which is Turn A Gundam. Turn A Gundam. Turn A. I just say, first off, that the guy going, Turn A Gundam. It sounds, makes way more sense than the first opening and the second one where they totally shoehorned it in. <laughs> where it's like this much more peppy, like, guy, boy band tune. And it's, while they're into it, then they go, Turn A Gundam. Yeah. It, at least it, it, it makes no sense at all. At least that. in the first one, it sounds all serious and dark. Yeah, that's, yeah, where she's. She says her turn A. He's like, turn A, Gundam. And then the song starts. Yes. Like, it made sense. But this, this one just fits it in. But, oh my gosh. It, the, oh, the first seven episodes is, like, the most infuriating <laughs> thing to watch show. ever. I love the whole show. <laughs> like, oh my god, the two sides... Are both so stupid. Yes, they are. Like, ah, like, the whole idea is that, you know, the Earth's been blown to crap back thanks to all the crazy Gundam wars over the years. And all the previous Gundam series. Like, because this, because Tornade takes the idea that all the Gundams have happened. All of them. At least up to its creation, and possibly after anyways. Officially, turn A is the end of the Gundam timeline. And all official Gundam timelines will show all the alternate universe crap in no particular order, with lines coming off of them, floating in space, to point at turn A, which comes at the end of the Universal Century. Point. It's like a big gap, a bunch of alternate universes pointing at it, and there's turn A. Like, and so you've got your people who are on the moon, who have been asleep for many, many, many years, and eventually they decide, you know, let's go back to Earth. That sounds like a good idea. Meanwhile, we are the people of the moon. We the band Nebraska. <laughs> and the people on Earth, which has now turned into the antebellum south, yes, it has, is like, we don't want none of them boom peoples on our land. You cannot have Nebraska, even though we ain't doing nothing with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, they want to populate this area that's not being used. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you can't have that. That's ours. So they go to war over it. It's so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's that's what people do. They do dumb things. Mm-hmm. And so the main character, um, Lauren... Seahack. Seahack. The only character smart enough to go, guys, you're being kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, like, he feels like both, like... The big character role and the, you know, we should be fighting at all role at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, and he constantly was like, it constantly, he's the, he's the sole voice of reason through the majority of the show. Yes. Like, no matter what stupid idiots are doing something stupid, he's like, 
That's stupid. I'm taking my turn at Gundam and fixing this. And he gets to cross-dress. Yes, he does. Well, yes, because originally he was supposed to be a chick. But then Sunrise is like, no, we can't have no chick as a Gundam pilot. Not as a main character. I mean, I was like, okay, I'm not writing him any different, though. <laughs> so that's why half the time they're calling him Lauren or possibly Laura. Yes. Yes. And I really think once the point they decide they're trying to head off into space is where the show starts getting good. Now, well, that's it. I really enjoyed the show. Like, and the show has the amazing ability to take these really, really, really annoying characters and then somehow out of nowhere turn them around to be really cool and endearing. Mm-hmm. Like, out of, like, out of nowhere, an event will happen and suddenly I like them a lot. What do you think of Harry? Harry Ord. Harry Ord. No, he was the, he was one of the cool ones. He was Harry like the Ord other, is he awesome. Was the, he was the other cool one. Yes. Like I firmly do believe that Lauren and Harry should form their own like they should be able to be stars in their own buddy cop movie. Yes. Like the no, Harry Harry Ord is like the only other not idiot in the show. He's like, he's Char only less political and more awesome. Yeah, like he's and you never get to see his eyes <laughs> ever. There's a time where he takes off his glasses, only to reveal a different pair of glasses. That's like airplane. <laughs> like, well, it's a little more serious than that. But he like he he's cha- he has to go undercover for an episode. Ah, and he takes off his glasses. The next time you see him, he's already his new glasses. He puts on his nerd glasses and sweater vest. Yes, <laughs> to infiltrate. <laughs> wow. Like, it's a good show. It definitely makes use of its full 50 episodes. I, I kind of feel they probably could have done a better job with it, chopping it into about two-thirds of its size. But you can say that for most Sunrise shows. Yeah, they gave them 50 episodes. They took 50 episodes. Right. It does have some CG, but it's still mostly hand-drawn mecha. Mm. So that's pretty awesome. Like, if this was still... This was sort of going in. This was... 1999 to 2000, so this sort of bridged the gap between like cell animation and digital animation really became the norm. Right. And what digital so, animation there is is well used, so, yeah. So, this is like, you know, so it, while it looks older, it's at, it's at, you know, the the prime of the, the 90s, so it still looks pretty good. Mm. And still very watchable. And most people won't complain that it's that old looking, I don't think. Mm. Unless they're stupid. And in which case, they can be along with the guys who think they can hop into wine barrels for, in space. That yes. is hilarious. Or it's... going, or going. well, we can just kill everybody and that'll be cool. This can be our planet. It also proves that Gone with the Wind was big in Japan. <laughs> and that apparently Gundams are great at transporting cattle. Yes. We could actually probably do an awesome cast on this one, too, if we can just convince Lee and or Suze to watch it. Oh, it's not convincing us. It's getting getting a hold of it and getting time. Oh, I've gotten a hold of it. I just have to watch it. It's cool. It is awesome. I think it's great the whole way through. It definitely starts growing the beard around when they start heading to go off into outer space. Yeah, I would definitely... Once it gets to the space, it's, it's nothing but nonstop awesome. Even if there's some idiots. But by that point... The number of awesome people outnumbered the idiots, so it works out. And several of the awesome people were previously idiots. They just got yeah. better. Like even the guy who thought he could totally go back to Earth in a wine barrel 
even he gets not stupid. And I was not expecting that. I'm not. I wasn't expecting him to live. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Let's not go further than that. Speaking of people going out into space and surprised that they end up getting to live, we're since Dragon Age is the newest, latest, greatest Bioware RPG to come out. We're going to talk about Mass Effect instead. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Star Trek in space. (laughs) Yes. made a game called Knights of the Republic. There you go. That was Star Wars. That was it, it was Star Wars. It was more Star Wars than many other things that had Star Wars written on them. So, you know, I guess Bioware, who is a wonderful company that makes awesome PC RPGs that now also end up on consoles. Things like Baldur's Gate and Knights of the Republic. They're and doing Baldur's the new Gate MO, which is the Knights old of the Republic. Republic well... Technically, Obsidian did Knights of Republic 2 as well. True. Knights 2. The Bower did the first ever Knights, and now Dragon Age. But I guess they decided that before they resumed work on Star Wars properties, that they still wanted to go out into space as an RPG. And I guess they decided to do something a little more Star Trekking. Because yeah. they made Mass Effect. Mass Effect's much more like Star Trek than. Star Wars. I agree. Than. I mean, is that exploring strange new worlds, seeking out new life, new civilizations, and banging them if the text tree will let you? Yeah. I mean, you do take you know, you're a captain that you know flies his ship or her ship to planets. You take an away team with you. You have a very clunky vehicle to drive around in, but hey, you're still a away team. And you know you and you could possibly redshirt somebody. You pretty much do redshirt someone at the beginning of the game. <laughs> you do, actually. You do have a, I mean, you you have have a redshirt shirt. moment at the very beginning. I forgot yeah. all about that. You're yep. right. Back at the start of the game when you don't know who's actually important. One of the guys with you is important. One isn't. <laughs> so, you may ask yourself, what is Mass Effect? Well, like we said, it's a, it's a one of uh, Bioware's, as they would like to refer to them now, Massively single-player RPGs. <laughs> That's an awesome term. 
which yeah. means that it's a really, really awesome Western-style RPG with crazy um, text, you know... Very text-heavy. Very text-heavy, a lot of dialogue. Bioware um, is big on the conversations. Which and is interesting. Mass, oh, yeah. Mass Effect is actually especially interesting with its conversation system because it's sort of designed with simplicity and um, consoles in mind and how mm-hmm. it was designed. It was very much designed... Uh, this Mass Effect is a little bit different than their normal ones because it's they've thought about it as much as a first person or a third person shooter as much as they thought about it as an RPG. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, so unlike... Well, unlike Fallout 3 where pointing and aiming doesn't really matter as much as what your skill is. Mass Effect very does much matter pointing and aiming, although it, it gives you that third-person shooter behind-the-shoulder view, and you have various weapons, you know, you get sniper rifles, assault rifles, assault pistols, rifles. shotgun, you know, your usual kind of grenades, your usual kind of shooter arsenal. But with, you know, RPG skills that you can, you know, put the... Put the one bumper on and choose from and activate and crap. Yeah, and you know, depending on who you're doing or what character you're in control of, there are various magic-like abilities. Oh yeah, there is the uh, biotics, which allows you yeah. to... Or your crazy tech gimmicks from your... Which I assume is basically hacking and uh, yeah. medical knowledge-based. The uh, game takes place in the far-flung future of... 2183 AD. Far enough for me. 30 years prior to that year, um, mankind had found a cache of technology on Mars left by um, an extinct race of super aliens known as the Protheans. Protheans! Which allowed them to, your standard thing, where suddenly you got to bulk up their technology knowledge by many, many, many generations and the precursors. Oh snap! This thing becomes lighter when I run an electrical current through it. That's freaking weird. And they got to meet all these other aliens and whatnot to find these things as messed. Um, and they use these artifacts, these giant artifacts called mass relays, which make use of the mass effect, which is apparently, as according to project director Casey Hudson explains, inside the game universe. Mass Effect is a newly discovered, for humans anyway, physics phenomenon that has properties along the lines of other physics forces, such as gravity and electromagnetism. It is what physicists in real life are currently calling dark energy, as an explanation for the accelerating expansion of the universe, which has only recently been discovered and flies in the face of the previous notion that the universe's expansion should slowly be... Should be slowing down because of gravity. You're putting us to sleep. Ah, naked Leia. What? Huh? Pretty <laughs> much, the mass relays allowed them to go through like the equivalent of like hyperspace or exactly. get to point A to point B very quickly. They let things travel faster than light, and also serve as the loading screen. Yes. Yes. And, and uh, the technology is basically what every gadget in the game uses. All They have a fairly well thought out, especially if you read the little random uh, journal entries about various tech. Very well thought out system. Reasonable, medium firmish sci-fi. And uh, the whole thing is based around a council pretty much that, you know, collectively controls and 
a federation, you might say. <laughs> Except in this one, humans are kind of the bottom of the rung. Yes. yes. We're newly, newly joined to the bunch. They're the new kids on the block. Yeah, they're the, the scrappy young upstarts that, you know, want to be important, but, oh, silly guys, you're so young and inexperienced. Wait till you're older. Leave the big space exploring up to the big, strong Vulcan. I'm uh, sorry. I mean, I don't know. What the hell are the Vulcans in this game? I think it's the Asari. I think yeah. it's, that, that's really the, the, the... They're kind of Vulcans crossed with the hot green women from Star Trek, except they're blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And what, what's uh, what, what's Saren's race called again? I can't remember. The, um... The... Cool lizardy guys. Yes, exactly. They're the cool lizardy guys who are small. Not to be confused with the cool lizardy guys who are big. Turians are the cool. Yeah, the Krogans are the big ones. Yeah, Turians, Krogans are the big ones. Uh, Krogans, I guess, look more like lizards. Turians look like they're, humans with awesome. They're kind of scaly, face, scaly though. face appendages. Yeah, yeah. Krogans more like bipedal dinosaurs. Yeah, and I guess yeah. And the uh, the Turians are kind of more like a friendly monitor lizard. They certainly look friendlier, with the exception of one of the major bad guys. But uh, <laughs> yes, Krogans tend to all look mean, even if they are basically nice. Yeah, although most of them are pretty mean but let's get let's get to what the story about this is you'll choose your backstory and why you're important to humanity but then you become uh you become a candidate for what's called a specter which is one of the council's elite agents that can disregard most rules and get shit done so well, they only they answer to the council and the council only and sometimes not even to the council yeah sometimes the count they you get to talk back to the council because you're a human that means you're more awesome than everyone even if the universe doesn't know it yet. Yes. Anyways, you play as Commander Shepard. That's your character. You get to choose a first name. But your last name's Shepard, which means no matter what you call yourself, they can always use Shepard as your name, mm-hmm. which makes it easier to voice things. Yeah, exactly. they don't have to do the avoid saying your name trick. Like which I hate RPGs. that. It, it, kind of, it kind of puts the suspended disbelief because it's like, hey there, and the text says... Crap face McGee or whatever you've named your character, and they just yeah. go, "Hey there!" And sometimes the default name might maybe Sven, and you may write "Crap face McGee, McGee," and the text will say "Crap face McGee," but they'll go Sven because I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, guten tag, Sven. I did not like how Dragon Age all survived by making you a Grey Warden. Spoiler alert: <laughs> that not really much. Of a no, no, it's not. So everyone calls you Warden. Yeah, everyone calls you Warden. So, I mean, it's it works the same way. And we want to call you Shepard or Commander, mm-hmm. like the amazing being known as Rex is. Shepard. That was always great when you're like, Rex. Shepard. Shepard. <laughs> Rex is hilarious. Lex, Rex is great. Rex and Shepard, OTP. I don't Man, care if the game gives you no option for that. That, that too, truly is truly the one you're pairing. Whether you've chosen a male or female Shepard, I don't care. <laughs> It should be you and Rex. It's 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 the way it is. Female Shepherd and Liara. That's the other exception. <laughs> well, Tolly, you can't forget about Tolly. Yeah, okay, but the weird race that I don't remember the name of that you never see their faces. No, but but you I can't just, mate with them. Either. I just know in my heart she's hot. <laughs> so, anyways, before you even meet any of the alien races, there's just you among your ship called the uh, SSV Normandy. 
Yes. Um, kicking it down with uh, Keith David. I mean, Captain Anderson. And uh, Seth Green. And Seth Green has a guy named Joker. Who's your pilot. Navigator. Whatever. Yeah, he has got some great lines, especially like go after missions and talk to him. You can hear some of the funniest shit. You're a cripple pilot. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually got really bad. Uh, he's got a brittle bone disease that makes him so he really can't do much. But he can pilot a spaceship like no nobody's business. business. And he does it damn well, too. Yes. And he'll let you know that. Yes. Yeah. It's great because in this conversation, he can go like, What are you talking about? Well, you didn't. No. Oh. Crap. I, I thought you were just screwing with me like everybody else does in the world. No, I like the jerk. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Seth Green. Seth Green's always fun to have in your game. So is Keith David, for that matter. Yes. yes. Uh, you may know him recently as the uh, voodoo witch doctor guy from Princess and the Frog. Which was an excellent movie, by yes, the way. Yes, he's a... And, or the voice of Goliath from Gargoyles. Well, he's an awesome voice actor or real actor to have in your project. And, you know, and also, I would like to give extra props to Jennifer Hale, who does the female version of Commander Shepard. Does a great job. She does an amazing job, like, way better than Mark Mir does as the male Shepard. The male Shepard, he does a kind of, it's kind of a crappy male Shepard. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've played both, well, mostly through the game. I finished one playthrough, but I played most of the way through as a male as well. I like the female Shepard better. So, there you hear folks. If you're playing this game, she plays the female shepherd, but for no other reason, much better voice actor. Yes. So, anyways, you're like you found a another beacon, which Prothean beacon. A Prothean beacon, which means you're thinking, oh man, we remember last time we got a Prothean beacon, got all this crazy information. They would have to get a new one. Oh boy. And so yeah. you. So you hop on along with this other Turian Spectre named Nihilus, who's here to watch you because you might become a Spectre yourself, if you're lucky. First human Spectre. Isn't it special? Maybe the other races won't think you guys are such jerks if you got a Spectre. Then all the other reindeers. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's not Christmas anymore. Oh, then all the other New Year... Oh, shit. <laughs> Moving on. Rudolph, shiny new year. You decide to go to the planet to find this beacon, only to find out it's overrun with geth. Which are the synthetic... Life forms, alien, boar-like, going to kill everything. Kill robots. I mean, they're creepy. I mean, they they kill people and turn them into some sort of zombies by, by having these huge spikes jump out of the ground. Oh, they're crazy shit going on. Yes. Yeah, the geth are freaky. They come in a variety of shapes and sizes. All deadly. Yeah, lots of different guns and the, missiles. And, the re- and they're led by who, you, who is supposed to be another specter known as Saren, who uh, serves as pretty much the main villain throughout the your adventure. He's a bastard. And pretty much both him and you access information in the beacon... Then you realize, oh crap, there's something huge and bad about to happen. I better go save the universe. And the council's like, oh, well, uh, maybe something's wrong. We don't can't just go accusing a specter I mean, willy-nilly of wrongdoing and negligence. We even don't if- know if Saren's evil. And pretty much it to prove that Saren's evil and there's a threat and save the world from the threat. And you can do it because you're 
motherfucking shepherd. Look, just because a man has scrawled, I'm an evil bastard in the blood of innocent babies on the wall of his room, doesn't mean he's evil. Even if it says, P.S., by the way, I'm really evil at the bottom. Not a joke. <laughs> totally freaking evil. In fact, I just killed an extra baby just so I have blood to write this. Fuck you. <laughs> like... And no. that pretty much sums up Saren. <laughs> but the game is really great because aside from this, you know, main quest, there are all these other things happening. And in fact, if you go on one mission and it's for the main quest and something happens, you can follow it up and, oh, there's just so much content. Pretty there. much like every Bioware game, if you just wander around and attempting to follow the main plot, you will run into people who will give you many little side plots to participate in. Also, you can very much just take your ship to anywhere, any little glowing star in the sky, and there might be a planet there. Now, admittedly, my only real downside to the game, I only have two major complaints. One is that whenever you drop down a planet, you have to use the Mako, which is your all-terrain vehicle, and controlling it sucks balls. Yeah. Well, like... For me, as long as there, as long as you know where you're going and you don't have to get over mountains, it's okay. But you throw in mountains in the equation and you get me cussing. I would just tend to just kept pushing forward till I got over the damn mountain. Like now, of course, I did play the PC version, which you know looks better and had a much better inventory system. It might have had extra worse Mako controls. That could be it. I occasionally I wiggle around a little, but I usually just pretty much went in a straight line. There were a couple of planets that seemed to have gravity too high to just get over big mountains, and I had to try to plot a course around them. Yeah, but yeah. But what other big problem is that when you go to when you actually got to land on planets, unless they were story planets, they were pretty much the same planet. It's pretty same planet. It was horribly barren. Nothing really, and you sort of drove over the surface, like more like a bunch of moons. Mm-hmm. You occasionally find an angry squirrel or something. Yeah, like it wasn't. There wasn't that much to them. I mean, there really was just, like, fine mineral deposits, which would give you some extra cash as well as complete, like, the little thing in its head that's like you've completed these many missions. I Uh, do like the Mako because I like to run over people. Yeah. And sometimes it's your only hope because there's big, scary monsters that are too big for people. Screw that. I just mow them down. I had Rex on my side. It was fine. I had gigantic weapons. Well, there are the occasional big, like, bigger than your Mako monster, but not many. Well, okay, yeah, those I kind of had to shoot. But, you know, that wasn't, I usually backed far away, threw a couple of gigantic volleys of explosives at them. They were done pretty well. That said, the actual, like, when you get on, like, an actual straight planet, even those are very much classic by where here's, like, ten crests and plot threads that you have to go through. Yeah. You know, before you even, like, get into the actual combat areas, go have fun and search around. Yeah. There'll be lots of people to talk to. Usually talking to everyone who will talk to you is in some way worthwhile. Yeah. And if you're impatient, you'll still get the main story if you don't talk to everybody. Also gives you the option to, say, be the nice goody-goody Boy Scout or the badass hardline do-it-your-way or the highway asshole pal. And it affects the overall game to do this. And they call, instead of good and evil, now it's uh, uh, it's a renegade for the bastardly do-it-yourself way. And, par- what is it, Paragon? Paragon. Paragon. 
Paragons being, uh, for the high and mighty. Being the goody two-shoes Boy Scout and helping every poor dumb bastard who comes across your path. Which that is said, I was totally a paragon. Yes. I was too, although I, I started racking up some assholishness on the second playthrough with my shepherd who looked suspiciously like Abe Lincoln. <laughs> that is awesome, by the way. <laughs> what can I say? Abe Lincoln brings out the asshole in me. Like, now, they did a really neat thing, which I hope they do with more... Uh, games. I love the conversation system. This one, yes, where pretty much they have they ha- you have a, a wheel, a circle, mm-hmm. and each part of the circle is partitioned off, kind of like a pie chart, where each part gives. Where if you have your either mouse selected on it or you have the analog stick in the same position, mm-hmm. that's how you'll answer it. Yes, and you can always be pretty sure that the top right hand corner is good, the bottom. Right hand corner is Renegade. Yeah. Top is Paragon. The middle is neutral. And then the left side are like I want more information at and you know questions. And there are even top top and bottom bottom where if you get uh, intimidate or charm you can you can browbeat or seduce someone with your either Paragon or Renegade. Yeah, Paragon increases your charm, which also which. uh, I think it gives you... I can't remember. One of them lowers the prices of items, and the other one raises buyback prices. I think, I think it's Renegade th- that raises buyback. Like, the, the charm rise, uh, lowers the price, and the Intimidate raises the payback. Because you're going, hey man, buy this shit. You want to take this gun back. It just wasn't that great. But you give me an extra 5%. Yeah, but, you know... <laughs> Renegade gives you Intimidate, and you get to, like, scare the shit out of people, and Paragon... Charm lets you, you know, just like smooth talk your way into that extra information. And you don't really have to be just Paragon or just Renegade. You want to pick a general direction, but if you decide True. that you want just to do a little Renegade on the side, you're not going to really be that penalized for it. True, and yeah. the two meters aren't exclusively swing back and forth, they fill up separately. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like you're going to not get up the Paragon. In fact, if you, you can reuse a ca- the same character on a second playthrough, and then you could maybe up the other one. <laughs> like, so, I mean, and also, you can... Your party members aren't going to, like, freak out over you. I mean, they'll have different opinions of you, but they're not going to... It's possible to... Well, there's a character who, at certain a point in the game, can find your course of action so wrong, you may have to kill them. Yes, but you can also totally talk them out of it and even agree to do it themselves. Yes. Like, if you're good enough at it. That's the, that's the great thing. If you're persuasive enough, you can actually change their opinion. It's pretty awesome. And even in, like, the quests that they give you, there are multiple ways you can finish a quest. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember at one point in one of the areas, there's a merchant who's technically who's um, fencing black market goods through, through the, the shop. And you can go to the main guy, and you can go, who's in charge, like, hey, there's this guy doing this, what should I do? And he's like, oh, well, do you want, well, if you give me the name, I can turn him in. Or you can say, screw it, trick him into giving you the stuff, and then helping out the, you know, the merchant. Either way, you can complete the, te- you'll complete the, you know, the quest, or you can even just tell the merchant, sod off, I'm not going to fence your goods. Mm-hmm. And this is all just, just one quest and you could choose how you want to do it and you'll still get the experience and you'll get something out of it either no matter what you do 
and that's really neat. And it's and there's so many ways for you to have a unique experience with it. It just makes gameplay that more fulfilling and more of a replay value. And there are multiple class selections. Not that we've really yeah. There's a soldier. Which yeah, is... soldier is kind of default. Like the game, if you just throw hit default, 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 you're going to be male shepherd soldier. Yeah. Um. But there's also people the, you can specialize in tech abilities, or the psychic biotic psychic powers, or a combination of any of the two above. Any two of the above. I yep. can tell you at least in the first game, I played infiltrator. It's like, oh man, I'm going to use sniper rifles. I never really got to use a sniper rifle. It's unfortunate until like the last stage of the game. I really didn't use a sniper rifle. I was always using my pistols. There were some areas where I used sniper rifles, but it was very, very uh, slim. There are really a couple places where sniper rifles were really helpful. I mostly used the shotgun. I played a soldier the first time through. I mostly used the shotgun. I used shotgun and assault rifle. Assault rifle was also handy on occasion. Um, but and also what I thought was impressive at the beginning, you cho- you choose some, some through profiles that tell exactly why you're famous within the human ranks, and people keep referring to that like yeah. you held off a whole battalion by yourself. Yeah, there are a couple specific quests that may pop up if you find them based on your background. And also, once you get to a certain point, you actually get an awesome um, chance to get a prestige class. Yes. And you get to do it by going to the moon. Mm-hmm. And get to pile around the moon. That is really neat because it really does look like the, the moon. moon. Yes, our moon. And like Earth's eventually moon. you actually see as you drive up the moon, you actually did suddenly see the Earth, Earth creep the- up behind you. And it looks really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And then you go through a really kind of generic shoot things a lot quest. Yeah. But you get an awesome prestige class and you got to see the Earth and the moon. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was pretty awesome. But overall, the game is really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a blast. The shooting is fun. I hear, you know, um, it is one of those, it's like Fallout in that technically when you shoot at something, there's a die roll that's determining how well you shoot, not your ability to actually shoot. Which I like, because I'm not that great at the shooting. So, by just being able to pump up my stats, I was able to come much more awesome than I normally can be. Well, it, I... Being able to directly aim, though, does inf- is more of an influence than in Fallout. Well, yeah, I mean, aiming does take effect, but how well you hit is still... There's kind of a little circle of effect, and if you get the guy anywhere in that circle, you'll probably yeah. hit him. Mm-hmm. And the game actually has adjustable settings for how much auto-aim there is. You can make it co- really completely dependent on your if you go actual aiming FPS. skill. Yeah, and I hear the sequel also really like it's it's very much more of a shooter than it is the first one, which makes mm. sense since that's kind of the marker they're going for. Mm. Yeah, I hope that I hope it still has the walk around and talk to everybody on God's green earth and every other planet. Oh yeah, yeah, aspect it, it still does because I, I, that's why I really look for in a Bioware yeah. game. Well, it, it wouldn't be Bioware otherwise. I feel it's true, and you know, and they're doing some pretty crazy things. With uh, the storyline, but even the ending was was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hop on straight into the spoilers now? Spoiler, spoiler.
just not much fun without God me. damn you, Saren, you son of a bitch. How dare you kill Dumbledore and Spike Spiegel in the same blast of it, of ether. <laughs> that didn't happen. Oh. So, okay. Stuff happens in Mass Effect. Is there anything that spoilerific in the game? That well, we you do get really to choose who dies between Ashley and, Kay- and uh, Kaiden. Yeah, there are two, your two human characters. And one of them's going to die. One of them's going to die. And one might be your love interest. And you might choose that one to die. And pretty much you have a choice. A racist or someone who's terribly boring. Wait, which is... <laughs> Ashley was the racist, human power. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Caden or Kaiden, however Pellet's pronounced it, was kind of, just kind of boring. It wasn't that boring. Okay, I totally went the lesbian route. But, uh... Like... Well, I totally went for the uh, what's her face, the um, the daughter of the matriarch who you totally killed. Yeah, the the alien who's not. Well, her whole race is female, so it's not like it's really the lesbian roots. It's good enough for me. It is. It is. I mean, I feel that if you're going to be a Starfleet, I mean, Spectre for the Council, it is your job to get with the alien to boldly go where no man has gone before. In as many species as possible. That's right. Sorry, Rex, they wouldn't let me. I know. I'm disappointed. And Rex, you could technically have to kill. Unless you can talk him down. Yeah. Because you, he sort of has a chance to possibly, you know, save his race of, you know, of Krogans. And then you go, no, it's the bad guys doing it, so it's probably evil, so we probably should kill him. And you should lose his chance. And then if you're good enough, he'll go, I guess you're right. I guess we'll have another chance to save my entire species who are pretty much dying off. Maybe. You know, it might you're happen. Maybe bunch of losers anyway. Yeah. You have pretty kick-ass. <laughs> yeah. Shepard. Rex. <laughs> and so, you know, there's that. Or just the fact where the ending was, you know, you turn, it turns out that you're going after the, uh, what's it, the conduit? Yes. What happens? The conduit is just a portal back to the Citadel, Where the which is itself is started, which is its own mass relay that goes out to dark space where all the Reapers are. Yeah, who are basically robot Satan. I don't know. Yeah, when you go to the conduit, you have the chance to echo, "Hey, robot Satan, come on down! It's time to kill all the humans and every other organic life form that's intelligent. Kill all the humans." And Saren's spaceship that is actually, actually the a main, Reaper. <laughs> yeah, who's actually Reaper Sovereign, who's actually the main villain, is Saren's spaceship. Which means that it's not really, you know, the the sunlight. Oh no, that's the main villain because he's been there the entire time. They do even talk about how it's like the shift is weird and that, yeah, you know, it warps your mind to be on it. Yeah, for the indoctrination. It turns out it's, it's because it's it's... A living being who is, in fact, indoctrinating people. That Saren, although big bad he is in his own way, is more of a puppet to go into the places where the giant spaceship can't actually just walk around. Although, man, that final fight in the Citadel where he looks like Lacutus of Borg. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had, I had an argument with my coworker because he thinks Mass Effect's more like Star Wars, 
Mm-hmm. Or I think it's probably Star Trek. I'm like, look, did you not see Sarah in the very final battle? Where he looks like Picard. He was a Borg. Kind of. Like, he looks like a Borg, just as a Turian. Yeah, I mean, he's he's very obviously cybernetic at that point. Although, not that this game has any particular prejudice against cybernetics. No, not really. He's just, he's looking even more and more mechanical as the game goes on. Yeah. Like, he's, it is absorbing him. He's becoming part right. of it. You know, and it's, it's more like, you know... The sovereign is building more and more sovereign parts into him. Yes. So eventually he turns into pretty much a mechanical sovereign being. Yes. To the point where, if you're very persuasive, you might even well convince him he's wrong and he should kill himself. And then he'll get back up and fight you some more because he's too mechanical. Yeah, like, that, that got me. Like, I actually did convince him to do, like, I thought he was going to join my side. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, you're right, Shepard. Points his gun to his head and she pulls her eye, watch him blow his brains out. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Boy, I'm persuasive. <laughs> like, wow, I was, I was kind of stunned. I was, and he that got me getting back up. <laughs> well, now, yeah, like she, like you tell her, like go make sure he's dead. And you know, he walks in. Guy was for mine it was Rex. He goes, he shoots him in the head again. Like this <laughs> point, like you, you, you see the blood splatter out of his head. <laughs> like you know, as 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 the laser hits him. And he still gets up and fights. You get to fight him again. Like, I was like, "What? Holy crap, Sovereign! You, you're a pretty strong, dude. Keep staring alive like this." And then Seth Green saves the universe. Pretty much, pretty much. Yep. So did you choose to save the council, or you let? Him I chose to save the council. I was a goody two shoes. <laughs> I totally let them die. <laughs> I was like, I, 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 at that point, I was like. What did the council ever like? I, when Rex was like, "What did the council ever do for you?" And I'm like, "Nothing. Fuck Nothing those guys. Screw <laughs> them. Cool. They got in my way every single turn." So, did you have a chance to uh, to appoint a human to the council? I don't remember. It's been so long. Because I totally had a chance, and I totally chose Keith David. I mean, Captain Anderson. I think I did. I think that happened. Like. Either way, you know, it was cool, but... But, yeah, like, that that was, like, you know, going to that final IOS and meeting, like, the Laprothian, you know, VI that's broken and discovering that, oh, wait, it's the Citadel the whole time. Yeah. And that that mass relay uh, monument that's in the Citadel is actually relay. a mass relay just for, you know, a person to walk through. That was, that was, like... That was funny. Then watching like the screwed up uh, tourist bot, yeah, that uh, VI that, that tells you everything. It's all like freaking out and constantly changing shapes and positions and stuff. Look really creepy. Yes. I'm oh yeah. Be very interested to see how the that you could do change the ending somewhat will play out in the sequel. Well, I know that uh, for it, what they're doing is you can import your character, or if you start uh, start fresh. Um, they'll, they'll they'll ask you questions on what happened in the past, and answering it will change. Or mm-hmm. if you import your character directly, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do yet. It'll be interesting because I kind of want to import my character and have all that stuff, but I want to make sure I'm able to actually change what I look like. When I because I because I know they're gonna have much better facial creations. Yeah, and while I was okay with my. 
my shepherd. I still thought she looked kind of dumb. Hopefully, like the second episode of Penny Arcade, you'll import your data, but you'll be able to change your appearance. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. If we understand what they're doing with the uh, second game, how they're starting it back up, I think we should get that option, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. If I'm starting to, if I can't decide, if I can't choose a face that I don't actually like, then I'm probably just going to just keep my old character and keep going with it because it was tolerable. Yeah. Well, I guess that really wasn't a very long spoiler section, was it? No, not really. No, not really. Not many big spoilers, you know, and, and stuff. All right. Well then. you feel when Saren killed all the entire cast of Higurashi? Um, I felt sad because I thought the Higurashians were just about to resolve everything this time through. And then Saren's like, no! <laughs> bang, 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 bang. And Kenshi's like, ah! And, uh, and Raina's like, Saren's so cute, I want to take him home! That's exactly how it happened. That's right. And the snowmobile scene was awesome. Was. And that part with the narwhal was totally illegal. Only in 38 states. We're not talking about the controversy of the narwhal, alright? Okay. Like, no more. It's been done. It's over with. Fox News totally overemphasized the narwhal. Yeah, they did. Just because it has a blowhole. So. It does have blowholes. Mass Effect. How awesome's out of awesome. I say it's massively effectively awesome. I usually have a good quip for these things. It's um, it's awesome. Wow, Kevin. <laughs> no, we got we got you give me like <laughs> you can give me like five Krogans out of awesome, that's fine. But I, I gotta get some we gotta, you gotta give us an actual four Krogan, four Krogan testicles of awesome. <laughs> Do they have, like, four testicles? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have four testicles. I forgot all about that. I don't know why I remember that. Okay, maybe they have, like, six or three, but they've got way more balls than we do. It's true. It shows. I'm going to give it 25 awesomes out of a fleet. Of awesome. Of awesomes. And the fleet is 15. (laughs) What else? (laughs) Narwhals. Sounds good to me. Curse you, Narwhals. You can, now, because Mass Effect's been out for many Ever. a while, well. you can get it for pretty cheap. It's a platinum hit on Xbox 360, so it's 20 I'm bucks. pretty sure it's available on their games on demand if you're hooked up to Xbox Live. Also, 20 bucks. 
I'm pretty sure that it's you can buy it for PC. It's twenty bucks. Possibly as cheap as fifteen. It's also on Steam. Ooh, and Steam. now that you put it on Steam, you can play it on Windows Seven, and it'll actually start. Like I was actually playing this game a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I was at the final battle, final line on iOS. Was about to show Sarah what for. And then I install Windows Seven. Bye bye. And it doesn't start up. Mass Effect was worked on Windows Seven. Steam worked on Windows Seven, but for some reason the game could not launch from Steam on Windows Seven. It it can now. They've now fixed the problem, and that and so I beat the game yesterday. So it was awesome. But, but just to let you know that that does exist. You mm. probably so you probably won't pay more than twenty bucks for this, and it is way worth twenty bucks. It is so worth twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no question about it. So I guess with that, thank you. We've had a great new year, and stay awesome. I bet the party was great. It or was. is going to be great. It was awesome. It was amazing. The narwhals were to die for. Oh. I did, I guess. And we're out.